<clears throat> Alrighty, welcome back to the We Move podcast. Um, if there is a higher audio quality, that would be because we finally have our microphone. Got myself a nice Blue Yeti microphone. Uh, didn't take too long to come in, which is great. So, uh, let's get into it. Today we're talking about the colonial internal divide of indigenous people, right? So, uh, there are many divides within the First Nations community, all of which are an impact of colonialism. And one of the most prevalent, in my opinion, is the divide between status and non-status indigenous people. So it's important to kind of see why this divide happens. And the reason that I think it happens is because both groups of people assume that the other group has it better off. First, I have to explain the concept of being status. Being status Indian, and that is the legal term for it even to this day, which is Tuesday, May 16th, 2023. Um, being status Indian means the government recognize, recognizes that you are indigenous and therefore will receive treaty rights. Um, Non-status Indians do not. Now, I believe there are two main ways in which a family line loses status. There is a fourth generation cutoff rule. This rule states that if three consecutive generations have children with people that are non-status, the fourth generation will not be eligible for status either. The second way is that a person or two people with status have a child and either never register them or the person with status is absent. That would be one that happened to this guy right here, favorite, favorite non, non-status Indian. It's great. So as a non-status native, I will tell you that it is very, it's, it's not easy, right? Uh, in my experience, the two groups don't have a lot of direct internal turmoil, right? We have two groups of people facing ignorance from people outside of the equation. This ignorance causes both groups of people to turn on each other. Non-status natives have to face cultural destruction, being told that we aren't really native, that we are pretending. The current status system is very, very flawed. The concept believes that the for forfeiture of status results in a forfeiture of the hardships that we face as, quote, Indians. Uh, the truth of the matter is that it doesn't work that way. Um, a lot, and I mean like a lot, of these hardships aren't a result of being status. They are the result of being an indigenous person, right? Now, if being status and being indigenous aren't the same thing, that already is gonna cause some issues, right? Because you have people that look like me, right? right? Like I am a presenting indigenous person who is non-status, right? I'm facing all these hardships, but I'm not getting any of the quote benefits, right? That's not important for right now though, so. Um, the truth is that it just doesn't work that way. Hardships are a result of being an indigenous person. The fourth generation cutoff rule doesn't stop you from looking indigenous. Being non-status doesn't stop things like having store security follow you around. It doesn't stop cops from trying to take you on a starlight tour. And my overall point is that it does not stop people from discriminating against us. Status Indians are told that their problems aren't really a big deal. There is a commonly held belief that the status benefits are compensation for the hardships of indigenous people. 
Nope, not even close. In a previous episode, I talked about how the reserve is a bit of a financially restrictive place. I also talked about how a lot of the benefits aren't fulfilled either. There is some falsehood out there that status Indians don't pay any taxes. I call it a falsehood because it is quite misleading. Status Indians don't pay PST or property tax on the reserve. Off the reserve, we pay the exact same taxes whether we are status or not. Right? So uh, income tax, yeah, every everyone has that. Okay, Mr. Billy Farmer with your 15-generation old farm. Like, um, it it's really, really hard to, like, put a pinpoint on where this all kind of began because there are a couple different benefits that uh, could be relating to this, right? There is um, there's the money that we receive as part of the treaty deal, right? And then there is, as I said before, the lack of PST or property tax on reserve. However, don't get it twisted. We do pay tax and I pretty sure that indigenous uh, business owners most likely pay more tax. Um, but uh, let's move on from that, right? Okay. So um, it's, it's really hard for me to talk about this without getting like super, super emotional, right? But um, it, it doesn't make up, or at least these benefits, they don't make up for the lack of things like I don't know, drinkable water or funding for education or the lack of enforced treaty rights or just the respect of the treaty. Um, because the benefits and I'm I every single time I say the word benefits, I'm doing little air quotes over here. They aren't really benefits. OK, lots of people don't even understand what a treaty was. So a treaty was an agreement upheld by two parties um, and observed uh, by the creator, right? Okay. So to us, these treaties do not end. They don't. That's not how it works. All right. Make a new one if you don't like the old one, but they don't just end like that. Right. Because that would be stupid. But as we've seen from the Canadian government, smart choices are not their forte. Um, so now here we are stuck between a rock and a hard place. As I said before, there's no direct aggression between these two often. That's a very key word here. Both groups hold resentment to the other because both are told a false reality. So what can we do now? We can only do one thing and that's connect. We can connect with each other and reconnect with our culture. But one way or another, it is only through that connection that any of this is going to be solved, right? Um, and I would like to take this next kind of portion to talk about a bit more of a nuanced and meta issue, right? Which is white guilt within all of this. All right. So with this episode specifically, um, this one is meant to be more so for the indigenous community to kind of, uh, interact with, uh, and then it's just for everyone to watch and kind of observe so that they can learn a little bit more about uh, the going the going ons of indigenous culture, right? And I, I do like to talk about these things because it's important to have that kind of uh, like closer perspective. And I do think that it helps humanize us because 
whether or not you want to admit it, indigenous people have definitely been dehumanized over the past ever since Canada started. Well, I don't even know where I was trying to go with that one, but it, it, it has been that way ever since Canada started. Um, and lots of people don't realize that Canada as a government and as an official country, it really did only start just so that indigenous people could be oppressed, right? People don't understand this because they think that um, the people that started this country simply saw land saw no one there and was like, oh, hey, let's start a country here. It'll be a great thing to do. No, that's not the case at all. What they had was a system of oppression that was so efficient that they were able to turn that into a government seamlessly, right? That's all it was. The RCMP, not a lot of people know this, but they were actually modeled after a British police force that was meant to oppress and control the Irish. That police force has since been disbanded, but has the RCMP? No, right? So it's important to realize that first up, Canada as a country, as a government, as a symbol has always existed to oppress indigenous people. And the reason I want to give you this specific kind of uh, viewpoint as someone that might be non-Indigenous is because um, it helps you see the diversity within the community. Uh, it may not be a good diversity because we are talking about um, an internal divide. However, it does bring some realism to the culture, right? Because I do think as well as being dehumanized with native culture but not native people are often romanticized right so you have stories like pocahontas where um the real story of pocahontas was that a 14 year old uh, native girl was kidnapped uh forced to go to england marry a pedophile and then her remains are still there to this day which is heartbreaking right um and this is only representative of a lot of other examples okay but you have this really 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 bad case of indigenous culture kind of being romanticized remember we are real people right we have our own issues we have our own internal conflicts right um and everything is not perfect with us okay we are often seen as some kind of like a story character right? We're infantilized to the point where it was thought that we would never harm an animal ever. No, we had to hunt. How do you think we ate, stupid? Like, like it seems to be, and I'm trying to say this in a way that will not offend white people specifically, but what I feel it is, is white people kind of feeling bad about their actions of the past. So now they're kind of like being extra nice to us, but not in ways that are important. You know, like they're telling great stories about us that are not true and they just aren't helping us at the same time. Okay. So I, I do see a lot of romanticization of native culture. Remember, we are real people, right? Reserves are a real place. There are real conflicts that happen within our community, right? We are real and people oftentimes forget that. So that was something that I kind of just wanted to bring some attention to. Uh, I hope you learned something. Uh, I am very open to episode ideas. Uh, if you do have an idea, feel free to hit me up on Instagram. 
uh, I'll see if I can set up a way to be emailed through the podcast. Um, I'll try to leave as many social links uh, in the future as I can, just in case there are any suggestions for future episodes. But um, if there isn't, then I guess I will... I, I do have a couple because uh, I recently put a poll up uh, asking people what they would want to see. So uh, this one was about some more uh, indigenous culture relating topics. That was one of them. And then the next suggestion was to do uh, something about addiction, right? Helping with addiction, getting past it, coping with it, whatever it is. Uh, probably not coping with it because we want to beat that because we're bad bitches here. Um, but anyways... Uh, that'll be what the next one is about if there aren't any more suggestions. Um, and yeah, have a lovely, lovely day. Remember, the only way to be better is to simply just be better. Because, you know, it's not hard. Uh, love you. Bye. And keep it moving. <laughs>